Okay. Well, today we're going to talk with Dr. Jean Picarin. She owns a practice, Chase Farm Veterinary Hospital in Massachusetts. And um, Jean, you've been a great friend of mine and I appreciate you doing this podcast. Um, so tell me a little bit about your practice um, and then we'll kind of jump into the topic. So we are a seven doctor integrative care practice. So we have a lot of different modalities. Um, my longest term associate was with me for 22 years and really helped create, I guess, the ethos of who we are and where we were going and what it was going to look like as we went forward. Um, and we have everywhere from new graduates to seasoned um, professional staff. And then same with our support staff. So I probably 45 of us in total. Okay. So very big practice and, and really well run. And you kind of last year, you went through something that I think every practice owner, I know I do, you know, wakes up dreading. Uh, you went through the death of your associates. So tell me a little bit, um, kind of how you dealt with that, how you helped the staff through it, how you helped yourself through it as well, too. Because again, I think this is a very challenging thing. And I think you knowing you and, and having talked to you during all this, I thought you navigated it very well. And, and I just want everyone to kind of hear your experience that way. Thanks, Duff. Um, I, so my background is that my associate of 22 years was actually home for a couple of weeks because she had a comorbidity. And it was in the beginning of COVID when we didn't really know what to expect. Um, and then she was working from home for a week. And her husband called me early one morning to say that she had had what turned out to be a fatal heart attack and died in her home the night before. So I had that information about six in the morning and had a full day of clinics to get through. Um, and then we have also a practice consultant who helps us regularly. So we closed early in the afternoon and planned for um, all staff gathering. Half our staff at that point were working from home. So we had half by Zoom and half in person. Um, I think that was probably the longest day I've ever lived um, to hold that and be somewhat functional that day. Ultimately, I reached out to my other longer term associate and asked her if she would come in and be in person with me um, because I thought that delivery of information to the staff was important, how we delivered it, how we cared for them, how we gave them opportunities to express you know, something that they surely never saw coming. They also had not seen Nicole for three weeks um, and she was pretty much in the clinic every day. So I think, you know, the expectation that we would be back together again was on the table. And so that was going to be removed permanently. Um, so as expected, it was, you know, a meltdown for everybody. What I wanted to focus on also was what are the ways we were going to honor her and in what ways were we going to make space to grieve with each other and what ways will we continue to honor her because there's so much of her in our practice. So we created an area for remembrances and cards and thoughts. Um, one of our staff created a um, video to celebrate who we were that was shared just with the staff. And um, our consultant happens to also be um, a psychologist. So he made himself available for anybody to talk to. And I think Unexpectedly, what came out of both COVID and Nicole's loss is having us be open and supportive allowed us to support her husband and two young children who are part of our family. And I think that 
another place where we get to see them every week um, because they have a cat who's a jerk and needs fluids. And so he, Dave comes every week and he brings muffins and we take care of the cat. But we get to see the children. We get to see Nicole's husband regularly. And I think that has helped us to remember what she left behind. And then we've had a couple of projects that um, have been put into place. We have a local zoo, the zoo in Bedford, he's bought it. Um, and they were putting in a rainbow garden and it came up that we could dedicate that in Nicole's memory. So now we have a public place where we can go and be with her. Her kids are gonna go in and plant the flowers every season with um, the staff there. And so I think being very intentional about ways that we still make her present in our lives has probably been the most important. I think for me personally, the challenge has been that she and I were sort of one brain and one person after all those years and coping with her clients has been really hard. The, ex the loss that the clients had experienced and not been able to grieve publicly with us, I think that's still a really huge wound that, um, you know, I don't know when we'll get to repair that. I mean, it's, I think it's amazing what you did and I don't know how you worked and then had that meeting. I, I wouldn't have been able to pull that off and kind of tell me a little bit, and this may be hard to talk about, but kind of how, how did you tell the staff what happened and, and how much planning, you know, it didn't sound like a lot. You kind of did this all by kind of natural instinct. Like, how did you kind of let them start to grieve and, and how were you there to support them? Because I have to imagine you also had to not grieve during that part because you had to kind of get all this stuff done um, to, to help them that way. Um, so I don't think I've actually grieved yet <laughs> to the level that I need to. I think when, um, you know, when we can actually celebrate our life, I think that'll be the time that we have to bring that together. Um, you know, I, I think we talk a lot about servant leadership where my role as a leader is to make sure that I am serving the needs of the people who work with me. And so I think just being open to talk about how they were feeling, we probably spent an hour just sharing our disbelief, our, you know, the loss. It's just, you know, it, it's not unexpected loss. I think it's the hardest thing that we can have all go through. Um, and I think unexpected loss of someone that you work with daily, that you just expect is gonna turn up. You know, every day you sort of came to work expecting that she'd just been on vacation, that she was gonna turn up. And so I think there's active grieving and then I think there's chronic grieving where we, I look for opportunities every time I am able to remember her and talk about it and let staff talk about it. I think often it's just about being available and being, incredibly open and thoughtful about how people are envisioning their, their part of the loss. I also love like how you really, um, you know, you really tried to keep her memory going and, and incorporate that in everything you did. I look, you know, you have her picture on your website still, um, a nice, you know, kind of biography of her about and about her kids. I mean, I almost started crying when I read it because of the kids and, and other things like that and how you really kind of kept her memory going. And, and it sounds like the staff have continued to do that as well too. So, um, you know, tell me a little bit about kind of how the staff, I know how you're keeping it going as the staff on board with keeping it going as well too. They are actively, they pull, so 
one of our docs was going to help her, was going to help Nicole build a swing set in her home. And um, at Christmas, the staff took up donations and have contributed the remainder of the money that we needed to build the swing set. And then collectively, they're gonna go and build the swing set um, in the spring with her family. Um, you know, and there's, there's financial issues, you know, there were concerns expressed even from staff. Nicole was the primary paycheck. Her husband is a stay-at-home dad. And so what was that gonna look like? And um, we were able to help him um, until he could bridge his gaps and I think, you know, expressing to the staff that we will never walk away from her, that we are family, you know, things that I think people think about, but potentially, you know, you can't put a dollar value on it. So I think the integrity piece is not looking at it from the money side, but looking at it from the heart side. And if you, and I think for that reason, our staff stay because their opinion of where they work is that it is all about family and heart and that we will have their back should something terrible happened to them which has of course yeah and it sounds like i mean you you really kind of live what you were talking about between i mean i think that's incredible the staff like helping with the swing set and everything like that um and i can tell i know you and i know you well that you i know what you probably did for the husband and everything that way too so i mean that that shows a lot to your character and also a lot to the hospital um that way how, how hard is it to see them come back in with a cat? Is that, is that, to me, I almost feel like that would be in one way so great to see them, but also another gut-wrenching kind of moment um, when you see them um, that way. You know, I think we are blessed that her husband is also really an amazing human. He has not skipped a beat. He has raised his two children in isolation, homeschooled them, sorted everything out and certainly we've been available to help him our practice manager and um, my daughter um, have been available to help him walk through you know a lot of the less ideal logistics of it but I think you know when you talk about how the staff can get through it we will intentionally do something every year to honor her I forgot like so she died on April 9th and her birthday was April 26th so we uh I took streamers and party decorations and a cake to her house. And then we had a Zoom birthday party to celebrate her birthday with her kids. And they blew out the candles and, you know, not a dry eye on the Zoom meeting, but, and we, you know, a little bit of um, sparkling cider to celebrate with. And so everybody took a bottle home. And just, again, I think thinking of ways that you can make her memory an active part of what we live every day helps I think the staff to remember like what they do is important, who they are is important, who they are to us is important. And the way that they can support her memory and her family is important. And I think it, um, and it invites them to show up to the grieving process rather than to not acknowledge it. Which I think is, is really important. I know, you know, for myself, um, sometimes that's hard. That, I think that's really difficult um, to, to publicly kind of display how hurt you are. And, and it sounds like you've done, you did a great job of really helping your staff realize it's okay. Like this hurts, this, this is hard. Um, and, and really have them involved in the process that way to, to really do that. And I think that's incredible because I, I don't know, you know, I don't know 
a lot of people that would that would do that um, because I think sometimes it's easier just to kind of suffer in silence a little bit and not not invite everyone to to really realize that. And I think you did a fantastic job with that. Yeah, Duff, I think that as a profession, right, we suffer in silence a lot because it's our job to put the needs of others first. It's our job to put the grief of our clients first. And I think you know, some of the hospice training that I went through, I think acknowledging it, inviting people to be part of the group, that they're not the outlier um, and making it okay to either express or not express, but to just still be present as part of the group makes the it makes the pain endurable. And I think my concern always for everybody who's experiencing loss, whether it's the kind we've gone through or, you know, we talk about all the COVID loss, if we can remember to make sure everybody knows they're part of our community and they're welcome at whatever way they show up, that I hope sends a tie to not only the loss, but also the isolation that I think we feel as a profession. I think, I mean, I think that is a perfect summary of, of kind of the way to handle it. I, I mean, it's, uh, it's amazing what you've done. I guess kind of my final question is hopefully none of our listeners will ever have to go through this, but um, is there anything, any more advice you would give to them or things that now you look back and said, well, maybe I could have done that a little bit better. Uh, sounds like you did everything great, but any advice that you have for, for a clinic going through this? I think that the one thing that is really easy to lose sight of um, is remembering to stay connected to the loss we went through. And with as busy as everything is, it's really easy to still push that aside. And I think there's still a lot of grieving to go on. And I think people really need to remember that this is a time that you do reach out, that you do lean on others and making sure those you have those people in your life that are ready to be there for you when you need them. And that's regardless of whether it's your boss, your coworker or someone outside, but not reaching out is the single worst way to take care of ourselves. Um, and I think stuffing those emotions will come back in other ways. So I always hope that people know that they have resources and ways, you know, we tell them sneaker waves, you don't see it coming when it hits you again. And knowing that when those sneaker waves hit, look for help, ask for help, get the help you need. Well, Gene, thank you. I know this was a, um, a difficult thing to talk about, but I, I truly appreciate um, your insight to this. I truly appreciate the way you've handled it. And, and like I said, I hope I never go through it. Um, but th this, this has helped me maybe be a little bit more prepared should it ever happen. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Duff. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm.